Welcome to the Rebel Ed Podcast. I am Jackson Kane, and I am co-hosting this podcast with Connor Salmons. In today's episode, we will be interviewing two students and a community member. I will now pass it over to Connor Salmons to give you a week overview. It's been a very productive week for South Grace so far. This week, the girls went to Spearville to play volleyball, and the football team will be playing their homecoming matchup against the Mineola Wildcats this Friday. And to give you a recap on this week's Spirit Days. Monday was Dress as Your Favorite Teacher Day. Tuesday was Album and Pajama Day. Wednesday was Decade Day. Thursday is Bring Anything But a Backpack Day. And Friday is Rebel Pride Day. This year's girl candidates are Hallie Mears, Allie Granados, and Lisa Reimer. And for the boys, we have Carter Jantz, George LaPiercio, and Dalton Winfrey. Now on to our interviews. Our first guest on the podcast for this new episode is senior Carter Jantz, or more commonly known as Bobby Biceps. Welcome back to the podcast. Yeah, good to be back. All right, first things first, how do you get the name Bobby Biceps? Well, uh... I don't know. It's kind of an interesting one. Uh, I showed up to weights one day after uh, COVID because we had that big long gap during COVID year, and I, mm-hmm. I worked out a little bit, you know, and I showed up to weights one day, and Coach Flatner saw me, and he was like, hey, we got some big biceps, man. <laughs> and he, he, has to, he has to put names to things, so he called me Bobby because it started with a B, like biceps. And ever since then, I was Bobby Biceps. All right. Interesting. Pretty legendary. It is yeah. pretty legendary. It caught on. I think I have more people call me Bobby Biceps now than I think I do Carter. And CJ, I have a lot of people come to yeah. CJ too. But all right, well, I don't even know my own name anymore. <laughs> okay, so as a senior, you're involved in extracurricular activities and sports. One of which is being a senior football captain. Can you explain how our season is going so far? Well, you know, it's off to a rough start. It's not not going exactly how we wanted it to start, but. It's still been a fun year. I mean, it's been a fun group of guys to kind of uh, play with. Connor, I mean, you play on the team too. So it's been fun to kind of get them all involved and create a team bond in a sense. You know, we go to Brianna's every so often together and just kind of hang out. But, you know, hopefully come district time, we'll start to turn things around, maybe get a win or two. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. it's always the goal, obviously, just, just as cross country, you know. You always want to win. So do you in football, you know. But mm-hmm. You know, hey, we're trying. We're working out there. We are. All right. So would you, li- would you like to explain to our listeners what positions and responsibilities you have on the field? Um, so on the field, I play a quarterback and on the offensive side, and then on defense, I play linebacker. Uh, for quarterback, I'd say kind of, kind of am the head of the offense, I guess. Mm-hmm. I kind of dictate in a sense what everybody does. I have to tell Connor constantly what his job <laughs> is because he forgets. Sometimes. Sometimes. But uh, I, think, I think it's a really fun position to be in for myself. It uh, teaches me to, like, lead others in a sense, and I think we all kind of get to work along with that. And then defensively, I'm linebacker, which is kind of – it's just in the center of the defense. Uh, Basically, I'm the second line of defense before, after our uh, defensive line, and then Connor would be like our safety, so he's all the way back there, and he doesn't really touch touch the guys ever. But you know, I'm always in on those occasionally. Tackles. Occasionally, it depends if you make the play or not. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like you and Connor both play a big role on the football team. Is there anything that has taken you by surprise when you when you took on the role of being a team leader? Being a team leader, um, you know. 
I don't know. There's not a lot that surprises me, but sometimes kids just don't listen. Like, I'm not barking at y'all. I'm not, I'm not trying to be mean, but Connor just sometimes doesn't listen. <laughs> he just doesn't listen sometimes. And I think that's an interesting uh, part about being a leader is you can't always go over the top with your emotions. You can't ever be too aggressive with some of some of the, your teammates. You know, you want to be because you want to coach them and try and show them how to do it. And sometimes they just don't understand, but you can't ever be too much with them or else it might make them hate the game, hate the sport or something. So part of being a leader is being like responsible with those emotions and keeping yourself in check so that others can still enjoy being out there. All right. Well, continuing on with being a leader, you are one of the two returning basketball starters this year. So for those that don't know, the Rebels had a very successful basketball season last year. Carter, would you like to follow up on how the Rebels finished their season? Uh, Well, last year in basketball, we finished runner-up in the state tournament for the second year in a row to the same Mm -hmm. team, Opie. Yes. But I think each year uh, we learn something different, you know. I mean, there's just different ways to attack each game, different ways to go and each one preparing. And I think this year – we're trying to get back to that same spot, be in that state game again. But this time, we obviously want to try and win it. It's one of our priorities always is to try and be a winner. Yeah. So you and along with JoJo worked at the city all summer, and you were actually the one who was appointed to work at the golf course. Can you tell us a little bit about a day in the life of a greenskeeper? That's that's one of the most important jobs in this world. And I know it's a very important job to you, Jackson. It's, yes. <laughs> it is a top 10 and most important job of all time, all right? Yep. Basically, my morning starts 8 o'clock, sometimes earlier, it depends, but we'll get out there. We'll look at the greens real quick. We'll give them a quick scan. You know, I might even call Jackson sometimes, like, hey, how are these greens looking? You know, I might text him and be like, hey, how are they looking? And we'll kind of decide what the day what the day might entail. We might might start off our day by mowing them, then we'll probably water them after, maybe sand them a bit, make sure they're, make sure they're green, all the holes are filled in them, make sure it's good all the way across. You can't, you can't have any bad greens for our... Uh, professional golf players no, such course. as Jackson Kane. Yep. Of course. So, as of now, do you have any plans of where you'll like to go to college and what you'll major in? Um, I I don't have a for sure plan at all. I'm still kind of thinking about all that. I mean, that's kind of what everybody says. I hear a lot of adults say they don't know what they want to be when they grow up. That might be them just trying to stay young too. I don't know. But uh, so for me, I don't really have a dedicated plan. Uh, but I'll probably attend KU maybe where my sister went or maybe Oklahoma State and go there with Dalton so all right all right so our final question is one that's been requested by the audience and some coaches will you be running laps or hitting the white ball this spring putting you on Ooh, the spot that is on the spot well I have one for sure answer and there's just a maybe you want the for sure answer first We'll take the maybe first. I might, might be running laps, but I am for sure, I'm declaring it now, I'm for sure joining the South Gray Golf Let's Team. Go. And we're going to get that state championship. We're going to get that ring. It's, we're going, baby, all the way. All right. All right. Well, I respect the decision. All right. Don't, don't be offended by it, Connor. <laughs> it's, it's my decision. Well, all right. That concludes this interview. Thanks for coming on CJ. Yes, thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me guys. <laughs> the next guest on the podcast is a multi-sport athlete and my next door neighbor, Ali Reed. So Ali, is there another way that you would like to introduce yourself to the audience? 
Yes, hello guys, I'm Ali Reed. I am a sophomore at South Gray High School and I am Jackson Kane's neighbor. <laughs> so I guess we'll just start off by letting you talk about this year's volleyball season and how your team's doing. Um, yeah, I think we started off the season very well. We have a 10 and four record. We have a game coming up next week, it's home. And yesterday we did play games at Spearville and we lost to Spearville, but won against Hodgman and Lacrosse. Is there any difference between this year's Spearville volleyball team against last year's? Like, would you consider this Spearville team worse than last year's state champion, or? Um, I say it's about the same, but they're definitely beatable. We know where their where their weaknesses are and how to stop them. All right, all right. So being involved with other sports like basketball and track, which sport would you say is your favorite? Um, I'd have to say it's definitely between basketball or volleyball. It's I love them both. They're very different, and I can't choose one. Would you like to compete at the college level either, either between basketball or volleyball? I mean, definitely if I had the chance to, I think that would be great. Um, yeah. Can you talk a little bit about the events you competed in last year at track and how your season abruptly came to an end? Okay, so coming out of basketball season, my knees were like sore, so I only did two events, which were high jump and the 200. And then at my third track meet, um, it was just 4-6, and I was attempting to jump it. And I guess the first time I ran through it didn't feel right, then I went back again. I jumped, and my bone just broke apart along the growth plate. And, yeah, went oh, to the... That's unfortunate. That yeah. is. All right. So could you tell us a little about um, your recovery and how long it took? Um, so let's see. A week after it happened, I got surgery, and then I couldn't put any weight on it for six, seven weeks. And it was just I had to be very patient and just remind myself, like, this could be worse. I'm just a freshman, and all I'm missing is, like, summer sports. And, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like... When you woke up the morning of the track meet, did you feel like something was going to happen that day? Did you feel like you were going to break a bone? Well, or? actually, the day before, like, my knees were hurting, so we went to the person who did Ethan's um, recovery for his ACL. Oh, yeah. And we were talking about my knees, and then he told me to do stuff different when I'm lifting, but the next day I broke my leg, and it was oh, like, man. yeah. So now you're 100% recovered. Is there any other? Yeah. All right. Well, good. So outside of sports, I know you've been to a couple of summer camps. Can you tell us about the camps and what they were like? Yeah, the main one I go to is called Canacook. It's in Missouri. It's located along the Table Rock Lake, and it's a Christian sports camp. And I guess I just started going there. Some of my family used to go there, and my family were counselors. And, yeah, it's super fun. Yeah, well, actually, my brother Ethan was a camp counselor at Canada Cook this past summer, and when he came home, he said it was a great place, he had a great time, and he loved it. And for those of you that don't know, Allie's parents, Ryan and Tracy Reed, along with Garrett and Kaylee Love, host a youth group. Can you tell us a little, about, a little bit about the youth group? Yeah, um, my parents have actually been doing youth group for 15 years now, so since I was a baby. And yeah, we recently moved it to the shop right by my house. 
and it's every Wednesday at seven o'clock and feed you supper and yeah. All right. With being just a sophomore, do you have any idea on what you would like to major in and like colleges that you're looking at? Um, I don't know what I want to major in at the moment, but I think it would be really cool to go to K-State University just because like, lots of my family has gone there and that's like, I go to football games so I kind of know the culture and stuff and it's really cool. Yeah. Um, so how is Ethan doing at K-State? Um, good. He's really loving it. He's majoring in kinesiology at the moment, and he just moved into a house with a couple of his friends, and Kimball is actually his next-door neighbor. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thank you. Yes, thank you. Our last interview of this week's segment is community member Wayne Markle. Yeah, let's just start off by having you tell the audience about your life story, such as the places you lived at or jobs you've had. And how many minutes do we have? We can go. As, we can, you can we go got, as long we as you want. Three hours and seven oh, minutes. Okay. Oh, you can edit this down. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I was like seventy. I've been around seventy-seven years, so we'll try to condense that a little bit. All right. So I did. Interesting thing is, I did graduate from Montezuma High School in 1963. Got to have a lot of great experiences in school, in the classroom, great teachers, loved all the sports, and I love going to them today and watching you guys. What sports did you play in high school? Uh, well, in the fall, we only had football. We didn't have near as many things going on as you did, and then we mm -hmm. had basketball, and then we had track, and that was it. Oh, yeah. And the really <clears throat> one of the really great things I see different is, is so many things now for the girls. We had almost no competitive sports for the girls. Oh, really? so that's really great to see. So anyway, briefly, I, I left here, and my real, my first real job was in the U.S. Navy. Uh, we don't have to name all the years, do we? <laughs> uh, so I was, I went to electronic school in the Navy and worked uh, eventually as what we called a uh, aviation electronics flight deck troubleshooter. So when they You've probably seen pictures of aircraft carriers when they get all the planes up on the flight deck and get ready to launch. The pilots check out their electronics, and if there's a problem, I was the guy that went out there to fix it. So that was kind of um, not really a stressful job, but you had to really pay attention to what you're doing. And I think it really prepared me a lot for the rest of my life. And because of that experience, I, I managed to get hired on with a company called IBM. Uh, I worked for them for 30 years, did a lot of different things from repairman, hardware repairman to software specialist to finally retired uh, as a networking consultant. So the tie-in back to Montezuma is I was actually working on a project in Puerto Rico for the university down there. And my mother, who li lived here in Montezuma her whole life, Martha Markle, uh, she called me at my hotel room and said, you need to quit IBM and come and buy the lumberyard because they're getting ready to close it. So that's what I did. Because <laughs> you got to listen to your mom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I came here in 2000, and we owned the hardware store for eight years. And uh, that was really, really fun. My only regret was that I didn't do it sooner. It was really great to be back in Montezuma, but as good as it was, uh, I was 54 years old when we took it over and 62 years old uh, 
my body was not holding up because it was a true mom and pop business. So pop was out delivering sheetrock and loading bags of concrete and or cement. So <clears throat> at age 62, we decided we needed to sell, and we were fortunate enough to find a buyer. I'm very happy that the store is doing well today. Uh, it's a very important part of this community, especially the business community. Uh, from there, I went to Colorado and uh, actually taught myself to be a database programmer and developed database applications for a couple of companies out in Denver. But I'm kind of a, I don't know if gypsy's the right word, but anyway. Uh, ended up uh, leaving there and going to Oregon. In 2016, we bought a bed and breakfast on the southern coast of Oregon. That didn't work out financially, so when we sold that business, I decided I wanted to come back to Montezuma, so here I am. That's my whole life. So when you moved to uh, Colorado and Oregon, did you pick up any new hobbies? Uh, I can't say I had any new hobbies in Colorado. I did start... When I was 50 years old, I started playing golf when I was in Florida. And then when I came to Montezuma, one of, the, one of the things that made it easy to come back to Montezuma was the fact they had a golf course and a really nice golf course. Because by age 54, I was already really addicted to golf, and I would have really missed that. So that made my decision a lot easier. One of the great things about Montezuma is for a small town, they have a lot to offer. and. Uh, then when we moved on to Oregon, uh, I did pick up a new hobby. In 2017, I started playing pickleball. <laughs> and actually, it kind of changed my life in a way. It's like I met a whole new group of fun, fun-loving kind of people. And uh, would have been happy staying there if the business would have thrived, but it didn't. So uh, my next choice was to come back to Montezuma. All right. And what... What type of pickleball player would you like consider yourself to be? Do you know anything about the rating systems? I do not. So I competed in a tournament at a 3.5. They, <clears throat> they rate people in levels from 2 to 6. So uh, I was rated a 3.5 in a tournament that I played in. The key is to try to get in a group that you can be competitive because obviously if you're 77, you probably can't compete with an 18-year-old. Just like in all the way from youth sports, we divided into age groups so we have good competition. But I think I was pretty good, and I played three to five times a week up until a month and a half ago when I had back surgery. But my goal is to be playing until I'm 90. And how's the recovery for the back surgery going so far? Well, <clears throat> well I'm not very patient, but it's coming along. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so... As you said earlier, you graduated from Montezuma High School. Now, I'd imagine some things have changed since you've graduated, but what are the biggest changes that you've noticed when you came back? Uh, in the high school? Yes. Yeah, well, the big changes are you offer a lot more academic subjects. I know I can see that you've done some really creative things to get some courses brought in uh, virtually and some part-time teachers. You're... I think you act, the school actually contracts a lot more staff now uh, than they did. So there's a lot more academically available. There's a lot more uh, in sports that's available. 
obviously a lot of new buildings. I went to grade school in the old grade school building, and I went to high school here. Matter of fact, as I told you, we're sitting in the algebra room right now. That Frank Griffith uh, was the teacher. He was the football coach and principal and math teacher. And he was great because he taught math just like he uh, taught football. And I think he actually made us do push-ups if we didn't get a right answer. Interesting. So, like, when you were in high school, what classes were you actually given to learn about? Was it just, like, five classes or so? Or I can't remember <laughs> exactly. The one thing we didn't have, we didn't have any advanced, well, I think, you, I don't know if you call them advanced placement or college level. Uh, I took things like algebra and trigonometry, but we didn't have physics and we didn't have calculus and oh, yeah. mm -hmm. um, a lot of science courses we didn't have but we had the basic issues um, we had the basic classes yes all right so you've also became the uh, recently you became the editor for the Montezuma Press can you tell us about the process in order to get the paper out to the public <laughs> well first of all I'm not the editor of the Montezuma Press uh, <clears throat> I really hadn't done much of anything. When I moved here in uh, 2020, I hadn't done much except play pickleball and golf every day. But there was an ad in the paper that they wanted an editor or part-time office help. So that's what I am. I'm the part-time office help. Oh, yeah. So I, my responsibility is to collect the news in South Gray County and forward that news to the editor in Cimarron. And he decides what goes in the paper and where it goes in the paper. Um, so we have an uh, excellent writer. Her name is Lynn Hughes, and I think she taught here for a couple of years. I don't know how, how long ago that was, but she's, she teaches creative writing at Cimarron. And uh, so Lynn and I uh, kind of come up with subjects, interesting things that we want to talk about. And I think we've shifted the process or shifted the focus of the newspaper uh, to more of a magazine style uh, rather than reporting um, late breaking news we're more interested in in-depth stories uh, particularly of just the amazing people that are in this area and things that they're doing uh, we like to write stories about south gray high school graduates and the amazing things that they're doing so we like to write about success stories we like to write about things that will give people uh, pause to think about things um, uh, we like to inspire young people to to think big when they're young. So hopefully that, I don't know if you guys read the paper, I know that the readership of the newspaper is way down from what it was 30, 40 years ago. So I'm not, I don't really actually know who reads the newspaper. Oh, well, you're definitely bringing it back, Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so Lynn Hughes has been a great, a great help. She's an excellent writer and a, and a very great person. So. Yeah, that's where our focus is. You mentioned earlier that you're that you like to play golf. What are some of the nicest golf courses that you've been to or played at? <laughs> uh, well, I really like uh, Sand Creek Station and Newton. Oh yeah. Uh, actually, Mariah Hills. In the last few years, Mariah Hills has gone from just kind of an average municipal course to a really, really nice golf course. So I, I do most of my playing at Mariah now because just because my brother lives in Dodge and that's where we play. Um, probably the most amazing golf course I ever played is called the Eisenhower Course at the U.S. Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs. It's got that mountain 
setting and if you've ever been to an Air Force base, it, I think it's probably the most manicured shrubbery and lawns and everything else you've ever seen. It's, it's almost like they get down with scissors and trim around the edge of the green. So if you ever get a chance to play at a U.S. Air Force Academy course, you have to be a guest, but do not pass it up. All right. All right. And do you like to play like scrambles, your own ball, best ball? I think you and I talked about this earlier on. Uh, my brother and I decided to take the stress out of golf several years ago, so we quit keeping score. Oh, yeah. But I have played. Uh, I was a 14 handicap when I lived here in Montezuma. That was, if, if you know what that means. <laughs> so that's like the best I ever got to be. But, yeah, I like to play scramble. To me, golf is uh, a social activity, a lot like pickleball. And they're both mostly played outdoors, and I love outdoor sports. I love hiking. In Oregon, I got to hike a lot, bike a lot, kayak, and you name it. So yeah. I love the fact that it's an outdoor activity. Have you been to any PGA tournaments or something like that? I went to a senior PGA tournament in Milton, Florida years ago. Uh, I can't even remember the names of the people that played then. It was probably, it was probably in the middle 90s. Yeah. That was, even a senior PGA tournament's a pretty big affair, so it was pretty exciting. All right, well, thank you for being the first community <laughs> member on the podcast. Yes. Oh, thank you for inviting um, me. I'm honored. <laughs> thank you, everyone, for listening to Episode 2 of the Rebel Ed Podcast. Hopefully, we worked out all of the audio issues for this week's segment. And don't forget to stop by the Lions Club Ice Cream Social on the north side of the football field to get yourself some delicious ice cream this Friday night. See you all in the next episode.